stumbled onto the sleeping giant. Let's broaden our minds. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Sleeping Giant podcast. I am your host, Grayson Parker Marcotte, and I'd like to say thank you for joining me once more. This episode is a special one because it's the second official Christmas episode, and I'm once more joined by my dad, Mr. Stephen Marcotte. How's it going up there, Pop? Uh, going well. Thanks. Absolutely. Well, thank you for, for taking the time to, to join me again. It's really exciting. Yep. Yep. Looking forward to it. Always, always hopefully, good to talk with you. <laughs> hopefully it'll, it will be a tradition. That's really what I'm trying to create here is for us to have an opportunity, hopefully, to sit down at least once a year and and have you on the show and talk about whatever on Christmas time. So that's nice. Yep. Yep. That sounds good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we do this. <clears throat> I never thought I'd be on a podcast. So this is really cool yep. for me. <laughs> that certainly makes two of us. So the last time that we talked together on the show... Maybe not the last time. I can't I, honestly. I can't recall. Um, actually, I think the last time that we spoke, we were talking about Solo. But uh, in the same vein and uh, along the lines of Star Wars, I just wanted to mention that it has been just over a year. It's been about a, a year and a week, I think, since the Last Jedi, the eighth movie in the original Star Wars series. Or maybe I shouldn't say original, because I know that sort of raises some hackles. It's the eighth film in the saga. And you joined me last year to talk about that just after its release. So where are you on that film now? Um, I haven't seen it in a while. I, I was really surprised that there wasn't a Star Wars movie this Christmas. Um, but I'm looking forward to the next one. Um, when, when will it be released? Do you know? I, it's uh, around the same time in December, but next year. Ooh, so we have to wait yes. a while. I, I think yeah. it was a good... I, I enjoy all of the Star Wars movies, and I think I mentioned with Solo, I enjoyed it after the fact much more than I did going into it. Mm-hmm. So these these movies are very interesting. I think they're well-written. I think Rain Johnson did a great job on the last one. He added some things to the meta that we didn't expect, and it's very exciting to see where it's going to go. And I know J.J. Abrams is going to man the helm for the, for the, nat, the last one or the, the next one in this series, and we'll see where it goes. There's so many interesting elements that were brought up in The Last Jedi that are really exciting to see how they're going to come to fruition, whether it's Rey and, and the other little Jedis, especially the little stinger we saw at the end of the movie, how that's all going to go, how they're going to fold in the untimely demise of Carrie Fisher, how that all is going to go is very interesting. Uh, Mark Hamill's loss at the end of the movie as well, and is he going to appear similar to Obi-Wan, as Obi-Wan did in the subsequent uh, Empire and Return of the Jedi movies? So it's just very exciting. It's it's really something to have experienced all of those movies from 77 until now. I don't think there's been any movie series or anything like it in entertainment that has 
maintained its enthusiasm for all those years. Uh, Jaws tried, oddly enough, uh, and it didn't happen. But these are really exciting. Absolutely. So I actually, I realized in listening to one of the shows that we did together, I owe you a little bit of an apology because at one point I said uh, something along the lines of when referring to you having seen a new hope or star wars in the theater i said oh it's great to talk to you about it because um you know og star wars fans you don't get to talk to many of them and i realized that could have been misconstrued uh i personally don't get to talk to many old school star wars fans and, and uh og folks that have been there since the very beginning so i didn't mean to uh i didn't mean to to create a sort of negative connotation there Oh, oh, not at all. I, I, not at all. I, I, I'm your dad, so I know I'm, I'm certainly <laughs> older than you are. So, um, but no, it's fine. I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And, and they were great in the theater. And I, I'll tell you, I think I mentioned this to you before. Return of the Jedi, excuse me, Empire Strikes Back, before the internet, the buzz was incredible. Oh, yeah. Absolutely incredible. And you were begging people not to spoil the movie until you had the chance to see it. And, and I saw it, uh, I think, opening night. I think I saw um, Empire Return on opening night, or very close to it. So they were very, very exciting to see those movies. I'm definitely envious of that. I wish I could have had that experience. Not that the experience that I've had has been, has been bad by any by any stretch, because I always make sure that I am there. I, I don't let any time pass before I see these movies now, because I know that having having that spoiled for me, I think would just be the end. I, I've survived having things spoiled for me on television, but I think if Star Wars were spoiled for me, there would that would be uh, that would incite violence. I think. Uh, yeah, so but they, has, were, <laughs> they were great, and I, I still enjoy, especially enjoy. Talking, going back, talking about the Last Jedi. Though again, that movie just—I know there were criticisms about it, but the more you learn about what was put into it, what was uh, trying to be evoked in the narrative, it, it is an exciting movie and an exciting experience. And I think in any entertainment, if you can come away with it, having said that was a great experience and I know we didn't talk about it but Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse I, I recommend it very very highly that was a oh, great absolutely. experience we haven't seen it yet but that is one that we are definitely going to see before it leaves the big screens I'm really excited about it I, we I saw absolutely recommend the big screen Izzy would love it oh yeah no doubt she loves Spider-Gwen she would love it absolutely very much looking forward to that. We opted to see, um, what was it, uh, Once Upon a Deadpool. That was kind of, and that only because it had such a limited release mm -hmm. that uh, we opted for that, knowing that Spider-Man would be uh, in cinemas for, for a little bit longer, probably quite a while, so there should be time to catch up to should that. And that was great, by the way. The the whole interplay and exchange between Fred Savage and uh, and Deadpool, that was that's not to be missed, <laughs> in my funny. opinion. Did you see it? No, not yet. I saw the trailer, and, and that was oh, great. Oh, wow. 
I hope they have plans for a DVD or Blu-ray release for that particular cut. I mean, just the freedom that they have with those films to me is amazing. And they knew that by editing the film and giving it the PG-13 rating, that wasn't really a limitation so much as it was an opportunity to go crazy with all sorts of different jokes that play on the fact that it is an edited film. Mm-hmm. And that that was wonderful. I enjoyed I enjoyed that a lot. <laughs> so uh, before we move on from Star Wars, because I'm sure that we're going to jump back to it uh, intermittently throughout this show, because that's just what I do. Uh, has your position on the Last Jedi changed at all since last year, or since the last time you saw it? In in what regard? Well, for me personally, I know when I first saw it, I was too overwhelmed by new Star Wars to be overly objective. So the mm-hmm. first time I saw it, I thought, okay, um, I think I like this. <laughs> and then that was awkward. Okay, I like it again. No, I definitely like it. And then I saw it another couple of times on the big screen, and I was just kind of like, you know, I don't think I like this. But I had that sort of that cognitive dissonance you sometimes experience when there's so much hype for something, especially something that you really love Mm -hmm. where you don't necessarily care for it, but your brain is telling you that you must care for it because it's, you know, of, it comes of something that you love and that you care a lot about. So eventually I just had to say, you know, this is a solid film, but this is not a good star Wars movie and I don't care for it. And that's kind of been my position for a while now. Well, I, I, I take it, and I don't know if I, I said this last time we spoke, but you, you have, it, it's not the three prequels, for example, which, and I hope I don't offend anybody, I, I just didn't think were any good. I didn't like the meta that was introduced. I, I didn't like the, the reliance on, on CGI. And so I, I have a hard time even watching them when they come on television, when they come through but I see your point I really do but it was part or that movie was part of a the the sequel if you will to what I enjoyed and I think you have to kind of look at it in context it's a well-produced movie that has a message of some sort I think you have to wait so let's wait until the third and see if it makes that movie better, and that does happen. And I think to some extent, looking back, Empire Strikes Back was a good movie, it really was. It was, Kirshner did a great job with the directing. But in retrospect, Return of the Jedi made Empire a better movie. Because that, oh, I, that I conflict, agree. that storytelling, okay, here's conflict and here's resolution, oh, I see how it fits. That, I think, really added to it. And in, in, in the pantheon of the storytelling, looking back, oh, wow, all these 30-some-odd years, you go, Empire was a great movie. And I, I understand there was a lot introduced in The Last Jedi, but I'm willing to, to give it credit. As I said, it was a good experience. It was fun to watch. There was a lot to it, visually stunning. You can question the storytelling. Yeah, but it was fun. It's still fun. You watch it today. Yeah, it's, it's very enjoyable. The opening sequence is one of the best opening sequences 
in a movie that I've seen in a while. And it had to go through the, the iteration of the storytelling to project the conflict associated with the characters, everything associated with it. So you had um, Poe basically put down by General Leia, and then at the end, he's the leader again of that little ragtag band of rebels. And we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how it's going to end up. So I think in the storytelling, let's just wait to see what happens. And, and it's, it can be watched again. You can watch those two movies in sequence and go, you know, okay, I like them. I like them. Let's see. And, and wait in an anticipatory nature for a year from now and go, wow, let's see how this all fits. And, and mm -hmm. I, I'm willing to do that. I, I'm willing to give it... Uh, credit for that and looking forward to the next one that that more or less sums up how i feel about it I, it's not my favorite star wars movie it might not even be in my top three favorite star wars movies but again that goes back to knowing objectively or being able to judge from an academic standpoint that yes this was a pretty good movie just not my favorite star wars movie and that actually brings me to my second point or my second question the Last Jedi was so divisive in so many ways, as we've all observed by this point. But it has led to, and this has always existed in fandom, unfortunately, but now with media being what it is, with social media being what it is, uh, so many people being able to air their grievances publicly and get their opinion out there in front of almost literally the whole world, I think the toxic or rather the toxicity of a fandom is a little bit more prevalent, or rather mm -hmm. people are able to see it a little bit more now. And unfortunately, The Last Jedi brought out some of the absolute worst in Star Wars fandom. And I was just curious what sort of impact that has had on you, if any. I, I don't pay attention to that at all. Uh, I, I don't. I, I have to rely on mostly my own opinion if I enjoy something or not. And I'm not generally swayed by the opinion of others, quite honestly. It's just you, you spend your money, you, you, you either support something by your dollar, that, that's what you do, or you don't. And yeah, I've, I've seen some bad movies that I don't enjoy, and I'm not going to necessarily vote for them with my dollar. Um, and I, I couldn't even tell you what a series is at the top of my head, that that's the case. But no, I don't, I don't pay that much attention to it. But let, let me give you a little perspective. Um, when Arthur Conan Doyle created the Sherlock Holmes character, those stories were anticipated over and over again by individuals. They were presented in the magazine, The Strand, and people eagerly waited for those stories over and over again. And they didn't like all the stories, but they kept buying and kept buying. And Conan Doyle got so fed up by people commenting about his stories that he killed off Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> and the, the hue and cry, and this is Victorian England, or at the end of the, of the 19th century, was so great that he brought him back until he couldn't write stories anymore. So this is not a new thing. 
It's not. So something as old and classic as Sherlock Holmes was subject to the same derisive commentary by the public as we see today. It's just more immediate today than it was right. in Victorian England. But it's still that, no, that there. Is, that is an excellent point. So what on that point, how do you see that affecting Star Wars moving forward? Or much like, much like Sherlock, do you think that uh, it'll end when it ends and it will find its natural end? Or, or how do you think Star Wars will carry on after being um, exposed to, to that sort of derisiveness? I think the people that are, are now in control, uh, Disney, they're going to ride the Star Wars way for quite a while. I think we're going to see a series of different stories with the same character base, maybe not the same characters, but the same base. And it's just a franchise now. Again, going back to the example of Spider-Man, how many different iterations of Spider-Man are there or have there been, or any comic book hero, and they still find their audience. And Disney is gonna go all in with Star Wars. But remember, Disney has gone all in with a number of different franchises, whether it's been Snow White, Bambi. They were individual movies, but they continued their animation series, and they still continue their animation series in Pixar. Toy Story is going to have its fourth movie, and, and people can comment, yes, positive or, or not about Star Wars. Excuse me, Toy Story. But when Toy Story comes out next summer, it's going to be amazing, and people are going to go. And so when the next Star Wars movie comes out in a year from now, it's going to be big. And the next iteration of the story, whatever it happens to be, similar to Solo, will be a big thing. And it will, there will always be an audience. It's multi-generational, and it will continue that way for some time to come. And it'll eventually fade. And there'll be something new, but it's going to go for a while. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't doubt that at all. Uh, speaking, actually, of, <laughs> of something new, um, you know, being, uh, being a toy collector to a degree and uh, trying to keep my finger on the pulse of, of that sort of thing, one of the more popular lines that has been introduced to, to Funko's line of pop vinyls has been... Fortnite, and oh, yeah. I'm I'm familiar with that as a video game, um, but that's kind of where my knowledge of Fortnite ends. And I know that you've spoken about it, as we sort of discussed earlier this month. I know you've been keeping up with Fortnite, and and you've invested quite a bit of time in, in playing that. So may I, please, at the risk of sounding like a square, uh, may I ask, what is that all about? Fortnite is great. I've got my little stuffed loot llama right in front of me <laughs> that I bought for myself a couple of weeks ago when it came out. Um, Epic Games, who's known for its real engine technology, uh, created a game that came out in the fall of 2017 called Fortnite. Mm -hmm. Now, it's Epic had a Save the World, a game called Save the World. I'm not familiar with it, but it introduced characters, a map, etc., but Fortnite is a battle royale game. Basically, you drop, um, you're on a battle bus, you drop onto an island with 199 other people, and you battle it out. And the last one to survive wins. 
and their weapons and their points of interest and uh, Epic has kept up with it since 2017. They're on the seventh season. A season is roughly 10 weeks. There are, it's free to play and it's available on almost any platform that you could possibly imagine. It's available on PlayStation, Xbox, Switch. Uh, it's available on iOS, the phone and the iPad, and on Samsung devices. It's a great game to play. I started playing it because I enjoy shooters. I played Halo long ago. And, and um, in the spring, um, I had retired, and I was looking for something to occupy my time. And I heard the 13-year-old kids uh, and the teenagers that I live with talk about Fortnite. And I was very interested in it. And so I downloaded it on my iPad. And as you know, I enjoy cigars, so I go out on the porch with my iPad and my cigars, and I started playing Fortnite. And I really got into it. It is, it is a third-person shooter, not a first-person shooter. What it is is that you're, you're, you're playing, and there's a camera behind you that's basically showing all your moves. Mm -hmm. I enjoy it. It's very challenging. Uh, speaking of challenges, they have weekly challenges, they have daily challenges, and so it's something that you just play to occupy your time, and it doesn't ask anything of you. It's basically you go out and you just have fun. Now, Fortnite doesn't have, well, it has in-app purchases, they're called microtransactions, where you have the opportunity to buy cosmetic items that don't influence the gameplay at all. You have skins, you have emotes, you have um, let's see what else. Pickaxes, because when you drop, <laughs> uh, when you drop from the battle bus and you land on on the island, all you have is a pickaxe, and you have to go find weapons. And you find weapons, and you find shield and heals, and you just go out and you try to battle until you're the the winner. And so, how long does that typically take? How long is does one gaming session? Last? Well, <laughs> it can either last. A few seconds because you, you foolishly drop in where there are a lot of people and you just get <laughs> you just get killed, eliminated. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty familiar with those. Or if you are able to go for a full game and you are successful, uh, I I won la yet a game yesterday, surprisingly so, and it took about twenty minutes to play. And they also have what are called limited time modes where they introduce different things and um, they have a game where they have all of a particular type of weapon so they have a game where it's all sniper rifles or they have a game they call mm, disco yeah. domination where you have these dance floors that pop up and you go and you emote or dance on the dance floor and first team to reach a hundred wins it's just it, it's either silly or or fun, depending on your perspective. And I, yeah, I, can, I really I can remember it. those and styles of gameplay. What's that? Those styles of gameplay. Um, when I think of things like Quake, or you go a little further than that, Goldeneye. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then of course the death matches on Halo and Halo Two, because that's pretty much where I dropped out. But uh -huh. the customizable maps, and of course the gameplay. Or the different styles of gameplay, I'll always remember those. So it sounds like it's still sort of in that vein. 
Yeah, there there have been a number of uh, battle royale games, and uh, people credit PUBG as somewhat exciting the interest again in in battle royale games. What is that? PUBG. Not familiar. Yeah, I, and I've never played it, um, but um, even uh, um, uh, Call of Duty introduced um, a battle royale game a couple of months ago called Black Ops, and and I haven't played it. It costs money. Uh, to buy and but it was very very popular for a while and and finding Fortnite got me to find Twitch which I didn't know existed I had heard that Amazon had bought it years ago but I didn't know what it was and the reason I bring up Twitch is because Fortnite has made um, streamers very very successful financially and it's a yeah. very interesting community, and you'll see a lot of streamers in the in the news in the mainstream media. And one of the most popular is a guy named Tyler Blevins, who goes by Ninja, who makes mm, yep. six-figure incomes monthly just streaming uh, Fortnite. Wow! And that is unbelievable. And so there are communities out there that will support a different streamer. And the beauty, the beautiful thing about these streamers, though, is that they also support charities. So mm-hmm. over the weekend, a streamer by the name of Dr. Lupo, his name is Benjamin Lupo, had a 24-hour stream where he raised over $600,000 for St. Jude's Hospital to That's battle incredible. cancer. So what about all those parents who told their kids that playing video games would never amount to anything? Well, there are some streamers... Uh, there's one guy named Cypher PK. I forget his his name, but his parents basically did that, he, and he dropped out of college and moved out on his own, and and now he makes a living with this. Wow. And they're they're very these guys are very good, but they also work incredibly hard. They stream for eight to ten hours a day, and then Epic slash Fortnite has tournaments where they give away millions of dollars. And esports has become a real thing to the point that there are franchises. Um, oh, I forget, forget the name. Uh, Ghost is a franchise. Um, uh, TSM is one, I believe. Uh, 100 Thieves. These are sports franchises that are worth millions of dollars. So Yeah, that... That is that is truly unbelievable to me. And so, uh, but I do respect it. I do respect it, and I'll tell you why. There, there is a level of gaming that one can reach, and I personally, I very quickly discovered that I was not one of these individuals. <laughs> There's a level of skill and and dexterity that goes into these games that that allows certain players to become as good as as they are. I mean, they're you know what what do they say? You either you either have it or you don't. I think. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I've won. So we're in the middle of the seventh season, and it's been, uh, we're in the third week. And I've won three games, uh, solo games, and I've come in second a lot of times, which is really frustrating. But you can get to the top ten, but to win, in, in my humble opinion, you've got to do everything right. You've got to, it's Yes, it's a lot of skill, and these guys are incredibly skillful. Uh, but 
you just got to be, luck is involved in it. And I, I got lucky yesterday. Things fell into place and I was able to win. And I, I was so elated uh, to do it because you want to do well in anything you try. Sure. And, and it's, it's just fun. And today I'm, I, I played some games, but I'm, I'm not really pressing it today. Um, whereas some days I'm out there, I'm trying to win. I'm trying to get that, that uh, victory royale. <laughs> and uh, it's, just, it's just something past the time, quite honestly. And, and I enjoy it a lot. And yeah, there are very few adult or older gamers or adult Fortnite players you're often playing against middle schoolers, but <laughs> the, the top streamers are in their mid-20s or their early 30s, and it's a living for them, and it's, it's fun. I enjoy it. And, you know, we're going to be traveling for the holidays, and the weekly challenges come out on Thursday, and I'm going to have to wait before I get into them. I like to finish them that day, so... I'll I'll be okay. I'll 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 be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm definitely glad for that. Uh, as we've been talking, I'm scrolling through some of these pictures here, and uh, I'm actually looking at Funko's pops based on Fortnite. And there are a couple of characters. A few of them actually caught my eye. They are Drift. Yeah. Uh -huh. Does that mean anything to you? Yep. Raven and Zoe. They look pretty cool. So are these playable characters? Yeah, what they are is um, you can buy skins or if you buy what's called a battle pass at the beginning of a season, you get certain cosmetics or emotes. Emotes are just ways to express, express yourself on the battlefield. Mm. Um, Drift uh, was from last season, and it was one that as you continue to advance through the battle pass or the more you play or the more points you get you were able to or I mean, it was a couple of seasons ago now you were able to change his appearance mm -hmm. and so drift went from just a, like a male figure to this really elaborate figure and and epic games is really good though so like this season uh, there is, uh, when you buy the battle pass, there's a female character and then a male character. Mm -hmm. and, and streamers will play, anybody will play as a male or a female. It, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm definitely no stranger to that. And so um, if you were to just go on and play Fortnite without even buying the battle pass, which is 10 bucks, you'll be a no skin. And every time you you drop or every time you play it'll be something different it'll be no skin a, that sounds a woman of color unfortunate it'll be caucasian male it'll be it can be anything gotcha so i guess they're mostly humanoid then yeah there well there's one there was a um a grumpus character skin introduced um yesterday and i wasn't familiar with grumpus and it is this goat-like figure which is the oh yeah Krampus. of santa claus yes we're very familiar with Krampus in this this household yeah so um it's not humanoid uh it's very creepy looking and yeah izzy is uh she's she's very aware oh so uh, yep yeah, she's very aware of Krampus and um 
She's been minding her P's and Q's. <laughs> so last season, which was um, which season six, which fell during Halloween, there were a lot of Halloween themes, and it was pretty fun uh, to be uh, in that. So you had Skull Trooper, you had these different things. So it, it's Epic does a good job because it constantly listens to its community. Hey. Imagine that. And I imagine they're doing very well for it also. Oh, they, they are a billion-dollar company because of the microtransactions. But, but let me give you an example. A couple of weeks ago, they introduced a patch. So almost every week, they have a patch where they introduce a, a new playing element to the game. Mm -hmm. So a couple of weeks ago, they vaulted or they, they took Infinity Blade off of the App Store and they introduced the Infinity Blade into Fortnite. Now the Infinity Blade, I didn't know, Infinity Blade is this all-powerful sword, and it was only, there was only one in the game, and once you picked it up, you had almost invincible power. And they, they introduced it the same day that they had a tournament where money was involved. And these players had not seen this thing, and it was crazy. This sword destroyed builds. One element of Fortnite, which I'm not very good at, is building structures and mm -hmm. absolutely destroyed them. And to the point that in a couple of days, Epic vaulted the Infinity Blade. So wow. it's no more. But that day that it came out, I was playing and I was playing a match, and I was able to eliminate the guy holding the sword. And I didn't pick it up, and I got eliminated and came in second. So I thought, oh. okay, I'd never, <laughs> I would never be able to pick up this blade again. So I played another game, and as luck would have it, I get to the last three people or four people, and there's this guy with this blade coming at me. So I fortunately have this weapon, and I'm able to eliminate him, and I pick up that sword. And there's one other guy, and I'm able to eliminate him and win the game with this sword, which I was very excited about. And I'm a screenshot. I was very excited. Oh, uh, yep. I was about to ask you if you had screenshots. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So here I am, the 61-year-old grandfather, excited because I won this game. <laughs> That's amazing. And, and <laughs> You've got to send those to me. <laughs> And, and so it's, it's very exciting to me. Um, it, it's almost exciting as winning or, or finishing Halo. When I finished Halo, it was a lot of fun. So I, I enjoy it a lot. It's, it's a lot of fun for me. That's awesome. I definitely want to see those, though. You're going to have to send them over, and uh, I'll make sure they get posted to oh, yeah, you our bet. Instagram and Facebook page. That would be great. You bet. Um, well, thank you for for describing that to me. I I mean, like I said, it's I've been aware of Fortnite. It's on it's on the periphery for me, you know, dealing in toys mm -hmm. and figurines and things like that. But I never, and I hate to sound this way, but I just I don't have time to investigate everything. Oh, I I completely understand. I I'm retired, and I, it, it's something that I do for enjoyment. I still do my chores yeah. around the house, kids. Oh, yeah. I absolutely. still have to do my chores. <laughs> so yeah. after chores I do come my first. chores, I can play my video game. Yep. So I uh, I was going to mention, 
speaking of video games, I don't know if you remember King's Quest. Do you remember that? No, is that a It's the computer RPG? game by Sierra. What's that? Back in the day. You remember when we lived in Conyers? Uh-huh, yeah. There was that computer game oh, okay. that I played that we used to play on the, what was that, a 386, <laughs> I think, good old IBM. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess you would consider it a role-playing game, but it was a lot of it had to do with you know lateral thinking and using items that you picked up in a very particular way mm-hmm. as to carry the game forward. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. Um, very recently, they released a new King's Quest game that uh, Stephanie was down here recently, and she gave it to me for Christmas. And so I've been super excited. The game obviously is very different from you know those old days on the 386, but it's been a lot of fun. It's definitely you know it's a blast from the past, and and I really enjoy it. And uh, and I kind of got on the subject, I suppose, by thinking of how little time you have to do some things that you enjoy doing sometimes. So I feel very lucky and very fortunate that that was something I was able to, to fit into the schedule because it's been a lot of fun. Well, you're, you're, you're very busy. I, I don't know if your listeners know all that you're into. And most importantly, you have a beautiful, beautiful five-year-old daughter. And oh, yeah. that takes up a lot of your time. And, and, and you're a great <laughs> yeah. dad. I'm, I'm going to put it out there. And she's just a joy to see. So... Well, you know, the girls are in the kitchen right now frosting gingerbread cookies that they just made. So they're they're the Christmas is alive and well in uh, in the next room while you and I are talking and the house smells of gingerbread. I'm actually let's see. This is uh Reed's extra ginger brew ginger beer. I don't know if you've ever had it, <laughs> no, but it I is it. it's immaculate. I love a good ginger beer. If it doesn't burn going down, then then uh, they're doing something wrong, <laughs> but this is this is good stuff. So I'm enjoying this here. They're working in the next room, getting that together, and hopefully we'll be able to uh, to watch a Christmas movie at some point. I think we're leaning most heavily right now towards um, a Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, love I it! I think that's what's going to happen. <laughs> love it. Yep. Love it. And, I and, think that's the one that we're going to do. Anne and the girls are uh, are delivering Christmas cookies as we speak to n- neighbors. Uh, different, yeah, uh, different people, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I uh, speaking of Christmas movies, I've got to ask you because I know that you're a fan of the series, or at least you were at one point. There is a heated debate <laughs> that that tends to pop up around this time of year, and, and let me just go ahead and say that I don't care one way or the other. I'm I'm just sort of a bastard, so I like to I like to fuel the fire. I like. To, <laughs> I like to get these debates going, but but the debate is: Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? There is Where no debate. There is no debate in this household. It is very much a Christmas movie. Okay, very well, much. Why do you, why you you seem to be very adamant about that? Oh, so absolutely. In your in your mind, why is Die Hard a Christmas film? Because it, it's it's full of joy and celebration. <laughs> and family. <laughs> Let's not forget family. Oh, oh, now I have a machine gun. All about family. It, okay. It's great. It happens at Christmas time. It it is a wonderful movie. I I think Lethal Weapon is a Christmas movie too. You didn't ask me about that one. No, I didn't. Um, that does seem to be an opinion that's shared by a whole lot of people now. Yep. So Die Hard is great. It's all about a party. It's a holiday party. I think it's got Santa in there somewhere. Uh, yeah, Christmas music. Christmas music. Yep, it's great. 
Yep. I, I love it. Uh, well, I guess we can we can officially, as a, a nation and as <laughs> a world, put that one to bed. It is the the problem's been solved. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> now, and that's the only one that I care for. By the way, is that first film? I'm not a big fan of the rest of the series. Uh, I I will watch them when they come on TV. Um, the second one's pretty good because uh, I forget the name of the villain. Uh, who better known as Death and Bill and Ted's uh, sequel. Oh, gosh. Yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. And, and listening to him talk about um, playing that role and then the subsequent role in Bill and Ted, he is a, he's a good actor, and he was a great sport about it. And he, he was really funny just talking about both movies. And, um, but, yeah, I kind of lose touch, the third one. I think the one with Jason Long was funny mm, yeah. Um, because of Jason Long and Timothy Oliphant, but it, it just, it, we were talking about different series. I, yeah, Die Hard just needs to go away now. <laughs> Tim Oliphantastic. Yeah, that was one of the reasons that I went to see that movie, as a matter of fact. Uh, the Tim, Tim Oliphantastic bit, of course, is, uh, is, goes out, or rather came from Kevin Smith. I don't know if you watched any of The Evening with Kevin Smith productions yeah but that is that is one of the reasons why i find it very difficult to watch a uh, some of the other diehard movies much uh, much to that same point i find it difficult to watch bruce willis films at this point because he he goes into pretty extreme detail into what a grouch bruce willis oh, is really? and uh, yeah he had just this tremendous diva attitude uh, that well i'm nearly shut down that. production on that film yeah it was really and and I, this whole, even now, and I haven't looked into it, but even, you know, now until today, I'm just saying, please let that have been an elaborate joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's an inside joke between all these guys. I, I just, you know, I really hope that's not true, but I haven't found anything that says otherwise. So if any of you listening today have <laughs> any uh, of the deets on that, I'd be keen to know because I need to, I need to bring Bruce Willis back up into the upper echelons of of uh my fandom yeah i I like bruce willis i anybody that would do movies like the fifth element and then die hard i i'll give him credit yeah i mean it's like i said it's it's one of those things that you know at the end of the day all of these people are doing a job and i appreciate that Mm -hmm. um his his personality doesn't need to have anything really to do with with the job that he does when he's at work mm-hmm. and you know I, I can appreciate that so you know when all is said and done and this you know a film has been created that's that's really that should be the only thing that matters mm-hmm. um, yeah. and in that case you know I, I certainly understand that I wanted to ask you uh, there were a few things I wanted to talk to you about today especially with it being Christmas I don't want to go without asking you what was your most memorable Christmas as a child well, they they, uh, they all kind of run together. <laughs> um, yeah, I can appreciate that. Uh, but uh, we moved into the house that I remember more than any other house. Um, and I remember we had this artificial tree. It was all silver. And we would, we would again, this would have been the late 60s. And we would have thrown more tinsel on this already silver tree. And then we had this 
thing that you may have seen in vintage shops where there was a wheel that turned. Oh, yes. And it had four different colors. And the, it emitted, there was a, the hottest bulb you can possibly imagine behind it shining light as those four as that wheel spun to have the tree change colors mm-hmm. and you never want to get it too close to anything too close sounds to like them. a fire hazard or, or or yeah it would have been a fire hazard <laughs> for a real tree um and you didn't want to get the wheel too close to the bulb or it would melt but i i remember wow. that tree very very well and i have a, a li- and gave me a little tree it's probably about 18 inches tall that is similar to that tree and i have it wow. here on a mantle here in the house and does it have a, a miniature color wheel no no we weren't able to find that uh probably that's a good thing because the cats yep. would have done something with it. As they are often want to do. As they are often want to do. And that's, we, <laughs> we tell the cats daily, that's why we can't have nice things. <laughs> yeah, it's all because of you. All because of you, cat. What is, on that line, what was your most memorable Christmas after you had children of your own? Well, um, again, they all kind of run together. But there was one Christmas where we all had red union suits. Mm, yep, I remember. And um, I don't know if you remember when Will got married, he had pictures all over. And uh, there's a picture of uh, me, Will, and Bonnie, and, and you had one too, uh, in our union suits. And, and I remember that, and that was, that was a lot of fun. Yep. I do. I do remember those. I remember those very well, actually. Uh, Some of my more fond memories of Christmas come from that house in Madison County. Uh Yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember pretty keenly that it snowed there once. And and of course, anytime it snows and there's a Star Wars friend present, there are going to be Empire Strikes Back (laughs) reenactments. And uh, so I remember those pretty well. But I also remember watching Star Wars the most in that house oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. Christmas always brought, um, of course, with the tree and, and the decorations, it always brought Charlie Brown Christmas mm-hmm. and Star Wars. So Star Wars will always be, at least in my mind, associated with Christmas, but also because of that and the way that our brains tend to work, Charlie Brown Christmas and Star Wars will always be kind of enmeshed together in one spot in, in the old memory bank. Oh, that's nice. And it was there we, um, at that house. We always watch Frosty. Uh, Rudolph. Rudolph. The claymation? Yeah, yeah. Stop action with Hermie. Oh, yeah. That, mm-hmm. yeah, that yeah. was a classic. Yeah, we, we, still, of course, <laughs> we still watch it. Awesome. That's You know, I haven't seen that in years. Probably need to go back and make that happen. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. We, we always that. did, of that. course, spawn the, uh, the Rage and Rudolph episode of Mad TV. I don't know if you remember no. that. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's a classic. No, not familiar with that. <laughs> no, that's, that's, you know, it's probably for the best. Probably <laughs> for the best. Um, 
Well, you know, that's pretty much our show, at least as far as I've planned it out. Was there anything that you wanted to touch on? No, I, I, I thank you for letting me talk about Fortnite. I could probably talk about Fortnite for quite a while. Sure. Uh, it, uh, again, I always like learning about new things that I otherwise wouldn't ever have gotten involved in. Um, you know, an analogy real quick is, is for exercise, I swim. I never would have thought about all that goes into swimming as a, next, a form of exercise. Oh, yeah, sure. And I learned about it, and I was like, wow, that's really interesting. And so Fortnite, being again um, a 61-year-old grandfather, to learn about that uh, and then learning about Twitch and learning about how you can make money off of that. <laughs> sure. And it's just really interesting. And it's, it's like, wow, can, can we come up with something where I can get subscriber, where I can do a Twitch stream on something of interest that I can get. So it's just something very new and something very modern that I was not a part of. And I, I think I'm pretty tech savvy. Again, my generation mm -hmm. typically isn't. Um, so it's just exciting to learn new things. And so again, being able to be on a podcast, whereas um, before you started, I, I listened to podcasts, but I wouldn't have contemplated being on one. So I, again, I appreciate the invitation. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I feel the same way. And, and if, you, if you take this conversation or listen to this conversation the right way, at least what I'm getting out of it is that there is so much out there that you can do exactly. and that you can learn about and that you can be a part of if you are willing to take those first few steps and, uh, and, and get yourself involved, really. Um, and, you know, for some people... You know, people that have listened to this podcast in the past will probably have heard me say that it really took something big, which was getting laid off from a job um, and and leaving you know, my family and me in a, a poor situation. That was the push to do something new. And, uh, you know, that's how this, this podcast got started. Uh, and as you say, I've been doing it for a little while now, and I still don't think that I've taken it for granted the uh just how fun it is and how amazing it is and the ability to to do something and, and learn something new and meet so many people that i never would have imagined meeting yeah and I, I i'm so proud of you you're you're doing something that you enjoy and and you're you're following through with it time after time after time and and that that's great <laughs> well I, I i really do appreciate that i really do i uh it's it's been um Actually, you know what? I'm, if I can, I'd like to to take a few moments at the tail end of the show. I've, I've actually prepared a list of shout outs and thank yous that I would like to include. Um, if it's okay with you, I'd like to go ahead and do that. Oh, absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, as we were saying, you know, it, it has been an incredible year for both the Sleeping Giant, but also me personally. And as I mentioned, I've, I've met so many talented artists, creators, podcasters. Uh, many of those people have, over time, this, this, over this last year, they've become good friends of mine. And I'd like to, 
to just give a massive thank you and uh, a shout out to those people. Um, among them is Robert Mercer. He is a member of the Collector Zone Cantina. He's a frequent viewer of the Cantina callback series that I create for Collector Zone, and he's always very supportive. and And I just wanted to say, Robert, thank you. Your continued support is it's invaluable, and I, I definitely don't take that for granted. Um, a huge thank you also to Luke Summerfield in Wales. Merry Christmas, buddy. I'm, I'm thankful that we had the opportunity to meet, and I am grateful for your friendship. Um, you know, we talk on a regular basis, and, and I look forward to those times always, so I appreciate that. Brian and Travis from Marvel Mythos and the Wrestle Special, respectively, you guys are awesome, and I do appreciate your friendliness and your support. Y'all, um, you're, you're both a continued inspiration for me to continue this show, so so thank you. Um, and I guess with those guys, a huge thanks to Matt Applegate for continuing to create amazing art and for offering advice to me and inspiration when it's needed. Um, I don't take that lightly, and I really appreciate it, so don't stop doing what you're doing. And uh, I'd like to give a true and deep uh, Dankeschön to Torsten in Graz, Austria, also for always supporting me and dropping in to say hello. Cheers, bud. I am glad that Schwarzenegger makes someone else as happy as he makes me, so that that is awesome. Um, wow, this uh, actually quite a few more. I do want to give thanks to uh, a massive thanks to Tim and Eric, and that's not the uh, that's not the hilariously deranged comedians, but at Tim Shen and at Darklighter underscore illustrations on Instagram for the wonderful art that I either selfishly purchased for myself or as you'll all soon see as gifts for other people. Um, it's uh, it's a brand new year coming up though, so if I haven't been lucky enough to add you, um, or rather add your art to my collections, hopefully 2019 will be a great year for both of us. And I can't let the show end, certainly, without giving a tremendous thanks to Marcos Matajevic of Collector Zone, who has been so gracious as to sponsor the weekly Cantina callback videos, and he's been providing you with all the free prize giveaways every week. So, again, thank you very much, and keep your eyes open, guys, because Marcos and I will be doing more together in the very near future, so keep your eyes on both Facebook and Instagram. Uh, last, I'd like to offer a sincere and incredibly heartfelt thank you to three gentlemen from the UK, Mr. Jude Gay and John Galantini from Blah Wars and Mr. Mark Godsiff from What's Up Next and Mark Godsiff's Movie Club. The three of you have been an incredible inspiration to me and you have, you've done so much to support me and to help spread the word about my ongoing projects and I can't thank you enough guys. You, uh, you're wonderful people and podcasters, and I wish you all the best. So cheers, guys. I'm very grateful and appreciative of everybody who's jumped on board and, and given a listen to the show. And, and thank you also for, for coming aboard and, and joining me on these Christmas episodes. It does mean a lot to me, and uh, I hope that it's something that we get to keep doing. Well, I, I, again, I appreciate the invitation. I, I, I just hope that... Uh, everybody likes it. No, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. I know a few people have written to me actually and commented on how they enjoyed hearing your input and uh, and hearing what you had to say, especially 
in uh, one of the last Star Wars episodes that we did. So you are getting feedback, oh, good. and it is positive. Good. So there is that. I think that's that's going to be it for the second annual Christmas episode. Okay. All right. Well, thanks again for joining me, Dad, and and hopefully in the in the near future, not only will we be able to do another Christmas episode, but hopefully we'll be able to record it in person. That's oh, that'd be that's great. That's going to be another goal. Maybe we can make it up there. I know it's been a while. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, Dad. Well, love you, bud. Love you. I'll talk to you again soon. Okay. And to all you guys, thanks for listening to the show. I've been your host, Grayson Parker Marcotte. And Dad. Steve Marcotte. You've been you. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time.